Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here again. And Hi. Just take a sip of that tea. Sorry. I, I just got the yummiest tea, you guys. It's so good. What'd you get? It's uh, vanilla rooibos. Is that how you say it? Oh, yeah. That looks like R-O-O. Yes. Yeah. It is so good. So I am enjoying it and gulping it as fast as I can while you're talking. <laughs> I'm drinking nettle. Not super. Oh, nice. But I do that usually. Good for me. But hey, I do have uh, Manuka honey and cream in it. I'm drinking tea. Yeah, cream is really good so in good. tea. It's so good in tea. Um, anyway, so we started the series um, a little while back doing our historical kind of women in history that have inspired us and things in their life that we can see as valuable and try to implement into our lives. First one we did was, who did we do? Oh, Edith Schaefer. Edith Schaefer, yeah. So today we're going to do Corey Ten Boom. And honestly, I'm going to talk about Betsy Ten Boom a lot too. And then I was going to say, we're just going to talk about her whole family. Yeah. Cyril Scott kind of Booms. got his name from their family. So <laughs> what did you say? Cyril. Oh yeah. I mean, I just love their whole family so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. their father so much. That was the dad. Cyril was the dad, right? Um, well. Who was Cyril? Was the dad? No, the dad was Casper and the brother was Willem. And I liked both of those names, but my husband didn't. So we, instead, we just went with the Dutch themes, but I was pushing for Casper so much. So Cy ended up being Dutch because of their family. So yeah. Yeah. His dad, their dad really is a cool character in the book. He is. He's such a it's Man, weird calling him a character, like it feels like this is fiction or something. But and that, he was hiding, so old. He was. The Hiding Place is written in such a magnificent way that it does feel like fiction. Like it feels like, oh my gosh, that was the most insane, beautiful story ever. Did mm-hmm. you feel like that after reading it? It just felt so. I, it's just thing. we're so as a generation we're so far removed from so many atrocities atrocities like that nowadays. I mean, coronavirus is pretty ridiculous, but it's nothing compared to what that generation went through. Right. And I think that is part of it too, is it just feels fictional, but like it how wasn't. Is this real? Yeah. How yeah. is this really real? So, mm-hmm. okay. So the Tin Booms, Corey Tin Boom, um, her life is kind of the center of the book, The Hiding Place. If you haven't read it, I feel like most of our listeners have probably read The Hiding Place. Um, I hadn't read it until last year. Yeah, me neither. Oh, really? <laughs> I had yeah, never, Jared had I to read it in we school. We were reading it at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jared had to read it in school. Um, I did not. Did you guys, you guys never had to, that was never no. like weird reading? No, no, because yeah. I, I ended up going back to school in high school, but Brian did get to go to her house, I think it was. <gasps> what? Yeah, so his family was over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, still, it's in Harlem, Holland. Mm-hmm. Harlem, Holland. I think that's what it's called. Um, I guess it's like a museum. I yeah, that's so cool. Go and see the hiding place. I want to go. Yeah. Oh, gosh, let's do that when we're like 40 years old. That'll be our 40-year-old trip. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go see the hiding place. Okay, so the themes from her life that stood out to me um, were just insane optimism, um, mm-hmm. trust in mm-hmm. God's working in the midst of suffering, and contentment. Um, and, and honestly, like I said, Betsy, like a lot of the things, mm. because Corey, this is more like from Corey's perspective, so she just talks so much about Betsy and just her crazy, crazy trust in the Lord and um, just 
just seeing being able to see a bigger picture than what was happening in front of them and Mm -hmm. like Betsy I remember one instance where um they're just being treated so cruelly in a concentration camp and Betsy's like we should pray for them we should pray for the (laughs) the Nazis and they're like what you know um but she leads the other women in the concentration camp to be praying for the Nazis and um just God's compassion and saving grace towards them which is amazing like Mm -hmm. cool but she was a Dutch Christian watchmaker during World War II and the Holocaust. Um, they had a house, like I said, in Harlem, Holland. And I saved a little picture on my phone so I could kind of describe this. But you can look it up online and see the house that they lived in. And it's just, it's so crazy because they had a little watch shop. I thought I saved that picture. Maybe I didn't. Um, here we go. Maybe. Nope, I didn't. I'm going to have to look it up. So they had a little watch shop in the front. Which the watch on its own, I mean, not the watch, but the clock. Remember the dad had to like go walk into town to oh, check yeah, the to time. Get, to get the I just, time. I thought that was so cool. I was like, that would maybe make my blood pressure a little lower if there was one clock in the whole city yeah. that I had to look at. <laughs> yeah. So that tells you the importance of their job that oh, people yeah. really valued um, their shop. And there was like upstanding business in the community or whatever. And, um, so they had a little watch shop in the front and a workshop behind that. And then they had like some rooms above that were the ants lived in this home and like some little houses, uh, some little rooms at the top, like the boys and girls rooms, the washroom. And then in the back of the house, um, if you just look up Corey Ten Boom's house, you can see all this. It's really cool. But in the back of the house, they had a kitchen that was, there had no, there, there was no windows in the kitchen. So they were able to, God just worked it out perfectly to where, mm. you know, the people, the Jews that they ended up hiding in their home were able to come into the dining room and eat. And then at the very top of the back of their house was Corey's room. And basically they made a hiding, a little hiding spot for the Jews that they were sheltering mm. in the back of her room. And, um, Wow, what a beautiful house. Yeah, I know. It tells a story um, in the book about how they went about making this little hideout room. Um, I guess there was like a association or whatever, like the underground of these people that were hiding the Jews. Um, And they found out that the Tin Booms were hiding people. And um, they came in and were like, where are you hiding them? And they showed and they showed him the room and they're like, this just won't do. So they ended up like smuggling in bricks a few at a time. Oh, yes, that's right. A few at a time and making this wall that was just like perfect that you couldn't tell um, that you couldn't tell that there was a wall behind it where they ended up hiding. Mm. I mean, I, even that right there is just such a good example of like what small um, gifts Lotting. and skills God <laughs> would use for his kingdom. Yeah. Like, Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, and just like the plotting aspect of it of like, Oh yeah. We're going to get this, we're going to get this wall made in here. Oh yeah. Cause that took time. time. Yeah. Literally yeah. it was, it was not like a one day deal. It was several, I, I don't remember how long it was, but I'm sure it was weeks, if not months. I remember even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was a while, but they hid and housed Jews with laughter and cheerfulness Mm-hmm. Um, and they described it as just like a very lighthearted little family mm-hmm. that they had in mm-hmm. their home when mm-hmm. their lives were in insane danger. Like, um, I, do you remember how long the Jews were being hid in their home before they were found out? 
No, I don't remember. I, I, I think it was a few years though. I want to say like maybe two years. I think it was years. Yeah. I think it was years. Um, but yeah, she described that time very fondly, um, of the mm -hmm. people that stayed with them, that they just really cared for them and, um, that they enjoyed caring for them and, um, that it was just a really beautiful, happy time. And they set up little systems where like, if, uh, if they were, if they needed to quickly get into the hiding place, you know, something would happen and then they'd all mm -hmm. like get all of their belongings and get into the hiding place. Um, but mm -hmm. it, it's just, yeah, just the, the cheerfulness that they did that with was just awesome to me that they weren't doing it begrudgingly or like, mm -hmm. Or, or they weren't doing it out of a sense of like obligation, but just they knew God set this opportunity before them and yeah. they did it really sweetly. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really, really cool. Um, so they did end up getting discovered. Um, it tells the account of how that all came to be in the book. And she ended up, um, the whole family ended up being sent to a concentration camp. And I'm pretty sure she spent most of the time with Betsy in the concentration. I think there was a time at the beginning that they were yeah. apart, like in yeah. solitary, um, a solitary situation. But most of the time they ended up being together, which was, she describes as just such a gift from the Lord to them that they were able to spend most of their time together. And um, I, one of the stories in the book that stood out to me was when, um, they're like thanking God for the bed bugs. Do you remember that part? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so they're in really terrible conditions. And in the concentration in the concentration camp, her and Betsy are sharing a bed. The um their door wasn't it like four to a bed even? I think it yeah, was more than yeah. just two of them. Yeah, there was, I think it was sleeping sideways. Yeah. And um and the place was infested with bed bugs and to the point where they were just, you know, miserable. But they realized that the that the soldiers were not coming in whenever um, they would normally be doing checks throughout the day or night or whatever. Um, they weren't coming in there, and and they were doing. Corey and Betsy were leading like little mm -hmm. prayer meetings and devotions with the other women in the dorms, and because they were not being checked on so much, they weren't being yes, yeah, like, and forced so not to. And so um, I think it was Betsy ended up finding out um, at her work time that they were not coming in because of the bed bugs and they were, and they were just rejoicing and praising God for the bed bugs because it provided them the opportunity to pray and worship together without mm -hmm. being found out. And <laughs> that is just, that's one part of the book that Jared and I both have just talked about over and over again. Like just what, <laughs> what a trust in the Lord and a looking for his provision. Mm -hmm like God thank you for these bed bugs thank you God that you gave us these bed bugs for a specific purpose well and they were doing that before they even knew that that was why yeah. the soldiers were not coming in yeah, they were yeah. already giving thanks <laughs> yeah they were already giving thanks and then and then the beauty of it that they got to see how God was using mm -hmm. the bed bugs. so that is just one story in the hiding place that like gets me every time um, yeah, but yeah. Ba basically Corey believed it was the will of God that she was sent to do this work, even in a concentration camp that God would send her to a crazy, you know, by all standards, horrific place, um, that, that God had work for her to do there. And like I said, they had compassion for the Nazis. And then once, so Betsy, spoiler alert, Betsy ends up dying in the concentration camp. Um, but not before she has like this crazy spiritual experience where she like sees this rehabilitation center 
Remember this part? Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, she like, has these visions of this rehabilitation center that they'll one day open. And, um, and so anyways, Corey ends up getting out of concentration camp. I can't really remember the... There was an really, older lady. There was... What really somehow, happened to get her out? Um, I just think eventually it was like her time was served because for okay. them, since they weren't Jewish, it was more of like you're serving this time because mm-hmm. you were hiding the Jews, but they weren't trying to necessarily okay. kill them. Okay. I couldn't quite remember the series of events that surrounded her getting released, but she got released and she ends up selling, setting up this rehabilitation center. And it was like a, again, like a crazy, um, yeah. miraculous event where she was able mm-hmm. to get this house that was like exactly what Betsy describes in her visions before her death. And so she sets this up after the war um, for survivors and those affected by the mm-hmm. war. And um, it's just a really awesome, she has a really awesome life. And then mm-hmm. um, she goes around speaking and telling about um, how God worked in the midst of her um, suffering and, and how God used them to save people's lives. And Well, I feel like, um, didn't she, even when she was speaking one night, <clears throat> a gentleman came over to her afterwards yes. and he was like one of the Nazis that- It was super cruel to Betsy. Yeah. And he apologized to her and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just basically- hugged him or something crazy yeah. like yeah there's it's behind us that's it the the past is covered in the blood and that's it and it was yeah. just crazy yes yeah so that was one of the things I'd written down too just like the crazy amount of grace that she was able to show towards him which I mean that that's what believers do we forgive people because we've mm-hmm. forgiven of so much but um yeah just awesome to see that work out in like a very horrific instance that she was mm-hmm. Her and her family, her dad ended up dying at concentration camp. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, her family was treated absolutely horribly. And um, this man was one of the pe- people who was obviously to blame. And he was, she was, Corey was still able to pour grace upon him. Um, and I'm sure that it was, that she would say it's because of God's grace towards her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really great theme also to pull out just that as believers, we should also be forgiving in that sort of extreme way. Um, mm-hmm. hung us. Oh yeah. Yeah. So those are my things about Corey and Betsy Tinboom. What was your favorite parts of the book? Um, so I want to talk about both the brother and the father. Um, but before that, I just want to note too, that everything they were doing was illegal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they weren't, they weren't pulling the, the Romans 13 stuff right. that everyone to here go in back, America to go is back pulling. To our episode a couple weeks ago. Yeah. This was they illegal. weren't saying, Oh, straight up illegal. Is, you know, we got to submit to the Submit to the authorities, let them kill the Jews. No, that's not at all what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so just consider that when you're thinking about your American persecutions. <laughs> um, but I thought, um, so her brother Willem was a pastor. Oh, yeah. And he, he was, was I just felt afraid. like he was a really prophetic type of a voice through the yeah. whole war uh-huh. in that community. And the problem was that people didn't like how much he was t- really trying to press the worldview into all of the details of their life in regards to the war. And so he ended up getting fired from his pastorate, Mm -hmm. but he did the next logical thing he should have done, which was, um, he started to run an old folks home basically, because he knew, he knew that after the Jews, it was going to be persecution of the elderly. Mm -hmm. So he can't pastor anymore. So instead he's going to go and take care of the elderly. And as a man, I just, I, 
like that's masculine virtue right there. Yes. Is he's, he is pressing on with caring for people, protecting people, mm-hmm. protecting those who need protection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It reminded me of the C.S. Lewis quote. Um, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at its testing point. Oh yeah. Which I, oh, love, yeah. I love that. Like what mm-hmm. courage will um displayed in, like you said, like pushing forward and being like, no, nope, this is what's going to happen. This is how God's going to use his people. And, mm-hmm. that, and Jared talks about all the time. Like that's what pastors have meant to be throughout the, have been throughout the ages and are meant yeah. to be still courageous people who are pushing forward, pushing back darkness, pushing God's truth mm-hmm. and kingdom into all the parts of our life and all the parts of our world. Yeah. I think we kind of can look to politicians as being those culture makers, but really it should be the pastors. <laughs> mm-hmm. It should be the pulpit that I think it's in, um, Moby Dick, there's like this analogy of the, the pulpit being the, what is it? The front of the ship, the steer of the mm-hmm. ship that's breaking through the waters in the mm-hmm. world. That's mm-hmm. what the pulpit has always been. And we kind of need to recover that. Yeah. And since we're talking to the wives, re- go back and listening, listen to the Toby Sumner podcast about being oh, yeah. women, <laughs> courageous oh, yeah. wives of pastors and elders. So uh, yeah, we talked a lot about that in our interview with Toby, but yeah, man. The one other thing that I did want to mention too was um, her father, Casper, there was one point where they had been presented with the possibility, I think, of um, taking a newborn Jewish baby. Oh, yeah. And they, it was a pastor who was giving the baby up because the pastor would not take the risk. Mm-hmm. And I mean, part of it was I read that while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's probably why this story stuck out to me so much but he was just horrified that this pastor was not willing to risk his life for a child. And it was just so, again, just another picture of masculine virtue. Like he was disgusted with this pastor, but they took the newborn baby and they, they figured out how to make, make it work, even though the baby cried and Mm -hmm. it was just a cool, I don't know. I just really loved the men in that family. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I kind of forgotten a little bit of the stories about them, but my gosh, yeah, that w- they were really awesome and courageous and mm-hmm. um, stood up for what was right. <laughs> Even though Casper, how, I, w- I can't remember how old he was. He was super old, like 90s. He was like. really old. Yeah, I think so. I think he was in his 90s. And he didn't, I want to say he passed away fairly quickly. I don't even know if he made yeah. it to yeah, the I camp, think was, right? Yeah. I think it was like within a week, right? It was like, like when they were months. in their holding section, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really soon. Um, and I wasn't Corey in her forties when this happened. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't like teenagers or anything. Mm-mm, like this, was, this was a little bit later in life, but yeah, I, I love the hiding place. I love the story about the tin booms. I think they're a great example of courage. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about them? I don't think so. No. Oh. All right. Well, if you haven't read the hiding place, go grab go it. Do it. <laughs> it is awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of The Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started The Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.